Let's talk about England versus Italy in our first major final for 55 years. Let's also discuss the assassination of Haiti's president. What about Samson Kambalu's sculpture being placed on Trafalgar Square's fourth plinth in 2022? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. The will to win, the desire to succeed, the urge to reach your full potential. These are the keys that will unlock the door to personal excellence. Confucius. So it's episode 64. Still here sparking debate. This There's a lot going on this month. What in regards to eventful days and um, days for your calendar. So by the time you hear this, though, one of them would have passed, and that would have been the Bahamas Independence Day. They got their Independence Day 1973 on the 10th of July. So, yeah. So I'm sure they're still in celebration now as I'm recording. But, yeah, I wish I could be there, to be fair be nice to be in the Bahamas in the sun this summer especially looking out the window it's not that great at the moment but it could be worse it could be worse but regardless of all that tomorrow regardless if it's sunny whether it's wet it's going to be a magnificent day because England are playing Italy first time in 55 years at a major final I'm really looking forward to see what Sterling does I know he's going to be I know he'd be man of the match for me because he just always does so much on the pitch. Whether he scores or not, he just adds so much value. So, um, but I'm sure Harry Kane will um, will do really well. I'm sure the whole team will do well. And I let me let me let me give my prediction. I do predict that this season, this this past year plus, things out of the ordinary have been happening, as we can all testify to. So it would be really out of the ordinary for England to win tomorrow. So I'm betting on England tomorrow. England are going to do it tomorrow. I'm not sure how, but England are going to do it tomorrow. So there it is. I've, I've laid out my, I've marked my mark in the sand. I've said it. Let's see. Come on, England. Come on. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, uh, the big fight with uh, Fury and Wilder, free, that will not be taking place in Las Vegas on the 24th of July because uh, the uh, Wild, not Wilder, Fury has tested positive. Um, so, what can we do? We, you know, this is something that's always the chance of happening. So. This is it, yeah. So that's going to... Pro- it's probably be postponed until October. Probably be postponed to October. So we, we can wait. We can wait. We're, we're, we're focused on the football at the moment. So, you know, when England win, we can... That will hold us all the way till October and then we can watch the fight. But um, I hope it doesn't turn into anything worse than that, to be fair. I hope it just, he just... He doesn't have a bad time with it. So, sadly, though, um, Chris Eubank's son, Sebastian... Uh, died in Dubai that's some really really sad news it was like one day away from his 30th birthday they haven't said uh, how it happened but he, he was also a boxer as well he's the younger brother 
So, yeah, really sad. My, my thoughts and prayers get to Chris Eubanks' family, you know, the friends. He's got, I believe he had two young children as well. Yeah, so really, really, really sad. So thoughts and prayers get to the family. In the UK, the Trafalgar Square's uh, fourth plinth, they have now decided who's going to be on it in the coming years, in like 20, 20, from 2022 to 2024. And it's going to be a sculpture by the Malawi-born Mr. Samson Kambulas. And his structure is called Antelope. So it basically depicts a photograph of a Baptist preacher, John Chilimbwe, and the English missionary, John Chorley. So, I mean, on the surface, it looks like just, you know, a normal... Uh, on the picture, it just looks like a normal picture of two guys. And even the statues, it's just the statue of two guys with, with hats. But one of the statues being John Chilimbwe is, is larger than life-size, and then the missionary, John Chorley, is normal, life-size. And it was taken around, um, it's coming from a picture in the 19, 1914, around that time. But the significance, the little twist within it, is the fact that black people, black Africans, were not allowed, they were forbidden to wear their hats before white people, which... I, I, I ain't going to lie. I, I actually laughed when I read this because I, I hadn't heard anything like that. It, it sounds so ridiculous and foolish, but obviously it happened. It's a, it's a moment in time. But yeah, so he, black people weren't allowed to wear hats. And so, so John Chilimbwe wearing a hat, it had some significance. And obviously the sculpture making him larger than life as well. It's a little bit... Um, tongue-in-cheek in regards to that so yeah I've, a little bit of history just just reading about it because I, I, like I said I'd never heard of John Chilimbwe but now I know about him and I know about the situation with the hat so and I think he's it, it's actually based on I think the name for the artwork is um based on a piece of artwork called uh, looks ordinary at first glance so emphasizing the the, the thing about the hats and um not being allowed and making the structure bigger so yeah so look forward to seeing that from 2022 to 2024 on the london's trafalgar squares fourth plinth so we're all looking forward to july the 19th which we're calling freedom day when masks won't be mandatory uh, the social distancing won't be mandatory and the, the big thing for a lot of people is nightclubs will be open, especially the nightclub owners and DJs, because they haven't had a look-in. We've spoken about it before. They haven't had a look-in since the beginning of the pandemic. So, yeah, so it's, it's going um, to be a lively time once July the 19th hits, if they stick to what they've said they're going to do. So on the, I think they'll be confirming that, you know, they will be going forward with that from the 12th of July. So that's when they'll, they'll review it based on the latest data. So fingers crossed we, we stick to that. I mean, I think, I think there's no doubt we're going to stick to that, if I'm honest, because I kind of, I'm, I'm having thoughts that this is, they need to do something like this to see if the vaccine can stand up to it, pretty much, and, and, and the NHS. So I can't see how they're, they're not going to do it, but we'll see. 
We'll see. But yeah, the club's been open and stuff. I've already seen a couple of events. The, the events have been flying around via WhatsApp and social media. So people are definitely edging their bets. So uh, another thing they've said is that uh, if you're fully vaccinated, uh, people in England won't have to isolate, even if they're test, even if they're um, a close contact has tested positive, and that basically that starts from the 16th of August. So. So, yeah, and that also applies for anybody under 18. So there's not going to be so many people isolating. And obviously the bubbles at school, all that will end as well. So we'll see. We'll have to see how it goes. And I, ho- I just hope it all works out and we can get back to some kind of normality. But time will tell. Time will tell. It's all, we're all in a, and when I say all, I mean like the whole planet is is in experiment stage really and collecting data. You know, we're, we're guessing a lot of stuff and we're hoping a lot of stuff and, Obviously, there is some science behind it, but we've never been through this as a planet, so we've got to go through it, and we'll, we'll see where it ends. So the infections, you know, they've spoken about the infections have gone up, um, and they've also spoken about uh, at this stage, it's one in 160 people are reported to have COVID um, at this point in time. So that's where we are with it. But roll on the 19th, roll on the 19th. I've definitely got some plans to do some things that I haven't been able to do. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we all have. So looking forward to that. So unfortunately, we've had uh, a couple of young people have lost their life, unfortunately, due to youth violence. In Woolwich, uh, 15-year-old Tamin Ian Haban Ma fatally wounded on the 5th of July. A 15-year-old um, has been held in suspicion of murder and another two have also been arrested for that. So thoughts and prayers go out to that young man and his, 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 his family and friends. And also in Vauxhall on the same day, a 16-year-old uh, young man, Keenan Flynn Harley, Harling, was found with stab wounds and they have arrested a 29-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of murder. So again, my thoughts and prayers go out to both of those young people and their families at this time. Really, you know, really, really sad news. Um, I've I mentioned it last time, you know, last, last year, for the whole of 2020, 17 teenagers were killed through violent attacks in London. And now, 2021... Um, there's been 22 teenagers um, have died in London to date through youth violence. So, yeah, we are. And, I mean, obviously, historically, when summer comes, you know, when everybody's out and, you know, the world's opened up, things, you know, do often get get worse, sadly, you know. Um, So I just hope that we all try and do our bit and speak to our young people and speak to them about, ways to avoid things, situations to avoid, how to defuse situations, whatever, whatever, it, whatever we feel we can do to preempt stuff, you know. Um, but, yeah, having those conversations and, and, you know, being a good parent. And sometimes a good parent doesn't mean you're their best friend. So it may be asking, you know, where are you going and give me the details of who you're going out with and checking the room and, you know, being being like a detective, sometimes you 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 got to do that. If you know, I mean, if you got young people, um, some of us will be aware that our kids are not are up to no good. Some of us will be aware. Some of us won't be aware, but some will be aware. 
And those ones that are aware, they have to go above and beyond to protect their children and protect the, the wider community, to be fair. That's the, these are the things we have to do. But definitely as we're coming out of this lockdown and, you know, things are opening up and especially with the clubs opening, you know, this is what young people have been waiting for. And, and like I said, that coinciding with summer, that coinciding with people haven't been out, knowing how to engage with each other. I mean, we could go on, but I think if if we just think about how heightened things are going to be going forward with everything opening up, I think we, we can kind of use our common sense. And like I said, if you've, if you've got young people around you, whether they're yours or not, but if you've got young people around you, we should definitely be trying to preempt some of the things that are potentially going to happen during this lockdown, during this Freedom Day and beyond in 2021. It's, it's going to be really important, probably a more important time than, than ever, you know, the, for sure, you know, especially, like I said, with the clubs opening and things like that. And, you know, young people not being locked down like that before ever, you know, and for some of them, it's going to be their first time out clubbing, you know, and, and not having the experience of how to deal with people in that scenario. It's, yeah, we, we, we just got to be mindful of all of that stuff. But yeah, very, very, very sad to hear about those young people that passed away. So uh, the Stockwell Six, this is, a, this is a, a story that I hadn't heard about Again, I hadn't heard about this, and this has been going on for a while. Um, the Stockwell Six are basically three men in uh, 1972 have recently had their uh, their convictions quashed. Uh, Mr. Harriet, sorry, Courtney Harriet, Paul Green, and Cleveland Davison, they were arrested in 1972, leaving Stockwell Station. They they were only like 17 and 20. But at the time, they was accused of trying to rob a police officer, um, Officer Ridgewell, um, he, who was plain clothes at the time, pre- previously served in the Zimbabwean um, police force. Um, all of these young men, they all went not guilty. Um, they, they spoke about being subjected to violence and threats and things like that, but they were all convicted. Um, there were five actually convicted. One of them was was acquitted. Everett Mullins was acquitted. Um, but yeah, so they've been after all this time, you know, after all these years, they've now been, you know, like fifty years later, they've been acquitted. So it, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they're compensated for that time because that obviously this things like this change the whole your whole life tra- trajectory, you know. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they compensate for that that time. But what with um, this police officer Ridgewell, he was um, he, he had basically been in a number of high-profile, controversial cases throughout the seventies, and um, he eventually was caught and jailed for seven years, and ended up dying of a heart attack in prison in nineteen eighty-two, age thirty-seven. So yeah, um, so a definite victory for these these well older men now but you know they would have been young boys at the time 17 and 20 so congratulations to them and I hope they get compensated very well for 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 this wrongful conviction that would have impacted the whole of their life so because they're what they now they're like 70 yeah like 70 67 things like that so yeah 
So also sadly, hate the Haiti Haitian uh, president Jovel Moise um, was killed, attacked at his home. Five unarmed, un, un, unidentified gunmen stormed his property, um, shot the president twelve times. Um, the president was found laying on his back, um, obviously shirt soaked with blood. But the the, the sad well. To add to it, he, the, one of his eyes was gouged out as well. I, I don't know what that what that's about, but yeah, one of his eyes, his left eye actually was gouged out. It was said. So, yeah, really sad. Um, so yeah, they um, they've obviously got a interim prime minister, Claude Joseph, and he's called a state of emergency. He's calling for calm, but he's called for a state state of emergency nationwide. Um, so the, the Mr. Moyes, the, the the president, he was he was faced with like widespread protests like over over the years. People wanting to resign for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, he yeah they 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 took him out, and it's just I mean it's it's caused kind of, obviously it's caused mayhem in the country, um, and there's been like deadly battles between the police and suspected gunmen in in the in Port Port-au-Prince around that area so so yeah there's a lot going on there so um, I'm obviously as time goes on I'm sure more of this story will come out as to what's really going on but I think they were they were saying that the um I think the people were pretending to be US officials you know they had English accents and, and stuff like that but um it said that they're not you know they, they, they're suspected of being you know fake you know not real US people or anything like that, but just pretending to be. That's probably how they got so close and, and stuff like that. But yeah, really sad. So also the murderer of Sarah Evard, um, Wayne Cousins, has pleaded guilty. So they won't have to go for a trial now. So he'll, he'll go straight to sentencing um, at the Old Bailey, September the 29th. Um, but also 12... A total of 12 gross misconduct um, notices have been served to the police, um, multiple police officers um, in regards to the case, um, including um, claims that they, well, basically they, they hadn't processed certain things. You know, there was there was stuff about him exposing himself prior and, you know, they seem to have slipped between the net and stuff like that. They, they haven't been too clear with all the details of this, but there's... There's definitely some uh, wrongdoing by some other police, the way they've handled um, allegations around this man who's obviously gone on to, to murder this young lady. So, so yeah, he will be sentenced. But, you know, that I suppose for the family, you know, it's, it might be bittersweet because although they've caught somebody, he's admitted it, they might want to know why and, you know, what it was all about. But with him pleading guilty unless he decides he, he's going to speak about it, he, he may not say anything, and that may cause some frustration as well. So I hope he does the right thing and and does right by the family and, you know, obviously apologises. Not that that's going to bring bring their daughter back, but at, at least apologise and explain what's happened and why he did what he did. That That may bring some comfort. But obviously that would be led by the family and their lawyers and that. So also the Richard Ori Origogi, uh, who the young boy who died found in the Epping Forest, um, 
some more misconduct notice have been served in regards to that. So his mother, um, Evidence, was her name's Evidence, um, she spoke about her, well, at the time she spoke about when she reported it, you know, nobody did anything, they kind of ignored her. So she's been consistent with that. I remember seeing her on the news talking about that. But now two members of the Metropolitan Police um, have been served uh, misconduct notices. So we left to see how that how that pans out. So they'll obviously thoroughly investigate that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see how that goes. So last week I we spoke about um, sole caps, the... Um, the headwear, the swimming caps for people with with long hair, you know, people with dreadlocks, people with afro that want to swim in the Olympics and stuff. And um, the FINA, the Water Sports World Governing Body, they rejected the fact that, you know, people wanted to wear that. They said it didn't comply with their standards and whatnot. But because there's been so much uproar, they're actually reviewing the situation, which I think is really good. That is that is really good because I mean when I spoke about it last week on the pod, uh, you know I think I said it, it 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 doesn't seem to give an advantage to anybody, so I can't really see why they would uphold that really, you know. Um, but it's really good to hear that they're actually reviewing it off of the back of the backlash and whatnot. Um, and Fina have also said um, that they understand the importance of inclusivity and representation, so. With that being said, hopefully they make the right decision because, yeah, I um, I think there's no need to stop that at all. You know, let people wear what they need to wear, cover their hair, and maybe the competition competition will become more um, more diverse. Well, I think it definitely will, hundred percent. I think it will. So on the other side of the pond, you have um, Zalia Avantgarde. It's a young young lady, young teenager who's made history at, the, at a U.S. Selling bee, spelling bee. So she's a young girl. She's a, like a basketball prodigy. She's got some, um, I think she's got some world records, actually. Um, she holds about three world records in regards to basketball, dribbling and various other things. But she's really into her spelling. And actually, she spends up to seven hours a day um, practicing her spelling for these competitions um, as a side hobby because their main focus is becoming a, a professional basketball player. So, yeah, so she, she won first prize, $50,000, which is 36,000 English pounds at the event in Orlando, Florida. So she's only the second um, black girl to win the tournament. The first one was Jodie Ann Maxwell of Jamaica. She was crowned champion in, in 1998, age 12. So, so hats off to Zelia Avantgarde, you know, the new spelling bee. And hopefully, hopefully that will inspire more young girls to, to, um, to push and, you know, go, go harder on creating world records as well as um, uh, spelling competitions, you know. She's, she's doing it all. I don't know where she finds the time. Seven hours studying and then going going to break all kinds of records through basketball. Hats off to her. Amazing. So, Cislin Faye Allen, unfortunately, Cislin passed away. Um, she was aged 83. Cislin Faye Allen was the first black female uh, police officer in the UK. Um, she, joined the U- she joined the police service in 1968, aged 29. 
And yeah, she was originally from a uh, family background is, is Jamaica. Um, and she, she actually died in Jamaica in her family home in Ultra Rios on Monday, the 5th of July. Um, she, when she came to England, she was originally working as a nurse in Croydon, um, Queen's Hospital, and then decided to make a career change. And yeah, she, she trained at Peel House and her first posting as an officer was at Fell Road Police Station in Croydon, um, near her family. And she, she lived there for a while as well. So, so yeah, thoughts, thoughts go out with her. She's, you know, somebody who will go down in history. And who knows, maybe they'll make a film about Cicely and Faye Allen. You, you, you know, you never know. That's a unique story. And I'm sure she would have went through a lot. We've spoken about it before. I remember when I first heard about it a few few months back, maybe about a year ago, I found out about her. But, yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully, yeah, somebody will take up that story. I'm sure that would be an interesting story for us there. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, what else is going on? So, we've got, well, the crypto, weekly crypto roundup, um, a couple of things have happened, and, and like I always say, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't, you know, this is, I haven't got any financial advice for anybody. It's just an update on what goes on in the crypto world. Um, so Steve Wozniak, um, the co-founder of Apple, he's spoken about Bitcoin and, and said that it's an amazing mathematical miracle. Um, and he believes that it's more precious than gold um, because it's more scarce than gold. Which is, yeah, which is which is definitely a valid point. I don't think he actually holds any Bitcoin, so he's not got any vested interest like that. But obviously, his brain ticks on a, a different level. So he, you know, the, the these and he's a tech man as well, so he can obviously appreciate the technology behind things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So, so yeah, that that is Steve Wozniak's perspective of it. And Anthony Hopkins, um, he's going to be in a movie that's going to be exclusive um to customers as an nft um so i don't i i don't even know how that works because i mean i understand nfts um but i don't understand how you make a movie but is it do you do you buy the nft to see the movie you know this 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 world of tech this is why you got to keep up with this stuff it's um it's very interesting, um, very, very interesting. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got NFTs in music, you've got NFTs in art, so I suppose it only stands to reason that, you know, it will come to movies as well. But it's going to be interesting to hear how that works out for the consumer, the wider consumer. Or maybe it's going to be exclusive film for exclusive an exclusive number of people who are willing to, to buy the NFT. I don't know. I'll be keeping an eye on that. But it'll be the first this is the first with Anthony Hopkins, so we definitely look out for that. And um, Jay-Z's uh, NFT that he sold went for $139,000. Um, that was a piece of art created to commemorate his 25th anniversary of his debut album, Reasonable Doubt. So that went for, for yeah, $139,000. Um, so yeah, everybody's getting involved in the whole crypto, blockchain, NFT, the whole tech world in that side of things. So, so yeah, it's definitely something to keep your ears to the ground. I mean, if you've got young children at some stage, they're going to be telling you about it because 
I'm pretty sure they're going to start talking about it in schools at some stage, you know, because it is a significant piece of what's going on. So, yeah, get up to speed with that. On sticking to the tech side of things, the going into space side of things, Richard Branson will be going into space this Sunday. Um, he goes into space on his, well, basically testing the private astronaut experience on his Virgin Galactic. So, yeah, Richard's at, at it again. Richard's at it again. So, and also um, Jeff Bezos, the Amazon um, founder, he's also flying out in nine days' time as well. So I think there was like a billionaire's race to see who gets there first, but Richard's um, pipped him to the race, to the finish rather. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what pictures come back from that. I, I wish Richard a, a safe journey. I remember his exploits back in the day with his air balloons. He had a couple of near misses. So I hope everything goes well with, with this trip. Um, yeah, look forward to seeing how that goes. Just imagine that, going on holiday. Where are you going? I'm going to space. The world's changing. The world is definitely changing. So, yeah, um, well, the 19th is coming up close, Freedom Day. So, you know me, it's all about getting out, getting busy, getting your joints moving, getting the blood going, meeting people, but being safe, being safe eating well, you know, drinking well, being clean, but getting out there and moving, you know, enjoy, enjoy your time out, enjoy Freedom Day, enjoy all it brings, it's, it's going to be good, it's going to be good. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today, and hopefully you can join me on the next one, until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.